1: And everything in between, CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast.
0: And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. It's Thursday morning. It's our favorite time of the week. That's Barton Simmons. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. And it's time for another edition of The Locks. We've got an absolutely full week 12 slate. Gentlemen, how are we feeling? Uh. Eh. Eh? Eh? Eh. Nothing I am
2: not, not as excited about this week's slate as I have been the last few. Well don't which probably let, means I'm going undefeated.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say don't let your initial feelings about the slate dictate uh what you think the result's gonna be because Buzz saw Barton, my man.
3: <laughs> no, yeah, that was uh the Buzzsaw was a little rickety. Didn't didn't quite work out. I'm I am uh I feel like we've been doing this probably what, three years now. And I feel like every year about this time is where just like on the field, you know, we start playing through some pain, start playing through, you know, we haven't had a bye week. We're, we're, you know, I, I have, I threw out my back on Monday doing a deadlift, which is something I don't plan on doing anymore. (laughs) I, I have managed to get strep throat
0: Oh no! and
3: I woke up this morning with a fever. And so this is either going to be, the Jordan flu game, or this is going to be y'all's big opportunity to make a, make it quite a dent in my lead right now. Cause I am, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely playing through it right now. Wow.
0: But Barton. other
2: than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play?
0: Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> what a week. What a week. Well, hang in there, Barton next man up. And, uh, that's right. And, and that's you're right. The...
3: No excuses. <laughs> no
0: excuses. We got to dig into it. Uh, all right, real quickly, before we get into our week, 12 locks, a review of our week 11 the week's winner would be Mr. Tom Fernelli at six and four on the week. That brings him to 52, 53 and 1 on the season. The wins were Iowa plus nine and a half against Wisconsin, the Iowa State Oklahoma over. Miami, minus six and a half against Louisville. That is a lock fight win for Tom Fernelli against Barton. Uh San Jose State, plus seven and a half against Boise State. Wyoming, plus 13. No, San Jose State was uh, against Hawaii. Wyoming, yes. plus 13, was against Boise State. And then Georgia, minus 16 against Missouri. The losses, Penn State, minus six and a half against Minnesota. The under 63 in Boston College, Florida State, which weren't we kind of – tracking okay at least until the fourth quarter with florida state boston college
2: until like the last couple minutes yeah yeah it's it's been a common theme for me the last you know four or five days bro
0: and it happened to you again last night with the twitter uh-huh. tip mm. yep. I, I was on miami of ohio so that truly was never a doubt uh yeah All right, under 63.5 in LSU Bama, that would be a loss. And then the under 39.5 in Purdue Northwestern. Uh, Any lessons learned from the, uh, from the, other than the heartbreak? Uh, No.
2: Some things just didn't work. Some did. Nothing learned. Trust the process. (laughs) I try not to learn anything.
0: (laughs) Uh, My card, four and four, dead even. Now 44 and 49 on the season in the locks. Uh, Our Temple which I believe was a Thursday night play uh, either Thursday or Friday night temple minus one and a half. That was a win LSU plus six and a half. That was a win. Uh, then Iowa state, Oklahoma. I was also on that one. And then San Jose state. Those would be a pair of lock agreements with Tom for The losses under 63 and a half LSU Bama Boston college minus two against Florida state in the red bandana game, a lock fight loss to Barton Simmons as uh as I was on TCU, and Barton was on Baylor, and uh, and yeah, that game was nine to nine at the end of regulation. So uh, <laughs> we
3: both win. We both win. You can take that confidence with you to next week.
0: No, I don't even feel that great about it because uh, we even like negotiated the the half a point with it. Remember. Like we, put, yep. we we put a lot of time into trying to think, you know, figuring out what was going to happen. But uh, but four and four, 44 and forty nine overall. Barton's card. The wins would be LSU plus six and a half, Iowa State plus fourteen and a half. That lock fight win with the Baylor Bears, and Kansas State plus seven. The losses were Stanford minus three and a half. The under forty nine in Vandy, Florida. Wake Forest minus two. Under thirty nine and a half Purdue Northwestern and Kentucky Pick'em. Four and six for the week, but it's still 53, 39 and four. Barton, you're still I mean, I, I guess that even at this point, just steady in the ship in terms of our competition is gonna be your aim because you're still holding a fifteen uh point lead over uh over the rest of us.
3: Hey, you know, we uh I, I have learned Based on my furious comeback last year against Tom, that uh, you never can can be complacent. That's what I'm telling my guys every week. Can't be complacent. One one and zero every week.
0: All right, uh, are you guys ready to lock it up? Yup. We're picking locks.
3: My blue plate special five-star locks are coming
2: since 2005 When service academies. Don't
0: get these locks five-star master lock. Lock it up.
2: The under is 33, and one. We've gone over a million
3: times. You lock these locks. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. All
0: right, Tom Fernelli. You've got the honors on the T box. You get to take us where you'd like to go. Um, uh yeah, do you have, do you have a Thursday night play? Uh nope. Okay. I have no Thursday or Friday night plays. Um okay, shoot. Well, I'll just go ahead and get it out there. Uh UNC plus 4. All North Carolina does is play one possession games and uh, they've got their backs against the wall. They've got to win two out of their last 3 in order to reach bowl eligibility. And since uh, when I think about all the possible results of a team that only plays one possession games, you're going to give me four points. Sounds like I could get a push or a cover uh, or a win in a lot of those different scenarios. So I'm going to go with the the tar holes plus four uh, just, just right out of the gate. All right, Tom, back to you.
2: Uh, Well, you've already picked the biggest game of the week, so I'll move on to a smaller game. I am taking Auburn plus three uh, against Georgia at home uh we've we've talked about this on hq already i just more than anything auburn is an agent of chaos and georgia moved up to number four this week in the playoff rankings which is probably the absolute worst thing that could have happened to georgia before this auburn game because had they been five or six georgia probably would have won probably would have coasted. but now that they're number four auburn has to sow chaos and i just look at this matchup And Bo Nix, you know, if you look at his splits, he's been horrible on the road, but he's actually been pretty good at home, which is where this game will be played. And I think that defensively, Auburn, if we've talked about Georgia's offense enough here on this podcast, you know, all season long, it is not an explosive offense, although it has been an effective offense. But now it's going up against a Georgia def- or an Auburn defensive line that's probably better than any defensive line it's faced, including Florida, including Notre Dame. And we have seen in those games that even though Georgia has the best sack rate against in the country, I think it's at like 1.8%, Notre Dame put pressure on Jake Fromm in that game. Florida was able to put some pressure on Jake Fromm in their game. Auburn is going to put pressure on Jake Fromm, and I just don't know if Georgia has the kind of offense that they're going to be able to you know put together the big plays that you're going to need to find and score enough points consistently against this Auburn team and I think this is going to be a lower scoring affair like the total when this thing first opened was at 45 I think it is now currently at is it at 39 yet is it down it might be no it is at 40 and a half hmm So, I mean, the the total has dropped a bunch of points in this game for a reason because these are two good defenses who are going to lead the way. So this is going to be a lower scoring affair. It's going to be a close affair. I would rather have the points in what I think is going to be a game that comes down to the fourth quarter and somebody making a play. And we've always seen, you know, we joke around about Auburn Jesus, but it's real. It's not something (laughs) that's made up. And just Auburn as its own has been really good against the spread as of late. In its last 10 games, Auburn is 8-2 and two against the spread. At its last eight home games, it is seven and 7-1 against the spread. And I just think that this is a team and a game where it's going to be hard for, you know, Georgia to move the ball consistently. And granted, with Bo Nix, it's not like Auburn's going to be lighting it up either. It's just I think that this is, you know, the kind of game that Gus Mel's on has played this is the kind of game that he's ready for and georgia is the kind of offense that i think plays right into the hands of what auburn likes to do defensively and i think that they can do it you know they'll be able to slow it down enough and i just think that at the end of the day i'm picking auburn to win i'm not nearly as confident in that as i am in them covering the three points though because this just feels like a one-point game no matter who wins
0: Lock agreements barton
3: uh, no. Okay. I, All uh, right. I decline. Okay.
0: All right. Um. I. It's so funny because I look at this game and I think that it is almost like the, um, you know the the odds and the lines are being set by calculations that are based on power ratings and Georgia sets up perfectly for power ratings and everything is cold and calculated and industrial about the way that defense and the boa constrictor and running the ball. And then it's like everyone who's on the Auburn side is like, yeah, 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 I understand what those numbers tell me, but I also find uh, I also find water in the ground by holding two sticks out in front of me, right? Like it's just <laughs> like I cannot tell you why this is going to happen, but we've seen it too many times for me not to use that evidence to to sway my thinking here. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. Like uh, I told Barton earlier this week, I was like this game is going to get decided by a muffed punt a scoop and score or something dumb and if it's gonna be something dumb well man that that's that is the way that Auburn is able to win this game so yeah absolutely give me a lock agreement give me Auburn plus three
3: so um the way I see this game it gives you an idea about where I'm at with this I actually I lean Georgia minus three but I mean, and, and part of the reason is, and and I agree with everything y'all are saying, like there is a high likelihood that there's some nonsense that takes place. Uh, but Georgia hadn't given up a rushing touchdown all year. They are the best red zone defense in the country. They, I, I think, are capable, like they, like statistically, like from the metrics, and uh, Tom, you probably have some numbers in front of you, maybe they agree, maybe they don't, but from what I can tell, you know the numbers tell us that Georgia's defense is actually better than Auburn's, and I know Georgia's offensive line is better than Auburn's, and I think Georgia's personnel is better than Auburn's. Uh, all that said, it's as I've seen this line sort of fluctuate a little bit. I lean Georgia minus three, but it's so tenuous that as soon as it gets to three and a half, like I'm off. Like if if I if I have to lay three and a half points, if if three is if if a Three point win isn't a push. Like, there's no chance I'm on this game because I, I really think this is like a 22 21 game, you know, t- 2017, so, something in that neighborhood. So uh, I will refrain from playing it.
0: All right. Uh, Barton, to you. Okay. All right. Um,
3: let's see. Where am I going to start? How about I'm going to go with the. Let's, let's stay in the SEC. That's why we got it here. Um, Missouri is catching seven. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit on the pod um, Tuesday night, ship. And I think you could kind of see where I was leaning. But Missouri is not going to the postseason. They are – as far as I can tell, right? Like that appeal has, has not been uh, – Did I miss? Did, did I miss something where the appeal has – has gone through yet.
0: You did not. Um, and it is sort of past due like the original yeah. timeline of the expectation on when they were going to hear a ruling back was supposed to be by now. And I don't yeah. know if that's a good thing or I don't know if that's a bad thing for the process, but the fact that it's delayed, right? Have me thinking that, uh, that they might let this Missouri team play in a bowl game if they make it. We'll see though.
3: Yeah. Either way, th- this is clearly biggest game the, of the year, biggest game of the year against a team that it has had success against over the last couple of seasons with Kelly Bryant returning with a, uh, a seven-point cushion at home where they're much better than they are on the road. And I, I just think Missouri, based on the circle of the wagons moments with Florida coming off a dominating win against a bad Vanderbilt team, uh, I, I mean, and I think this game's at 11 Central. So I'm going to go ahead and play Mizzou plus the seven.
2: What if I told you you could get seven and a half?
3: I was hoping you'd chime in with something to that effect.
2: <laughs> <laughs> seven and a half at Pavada right now, so done, done. I mean, seven and a half. That's what I'm locking up because we have lock
3: agreement.
0: Lock agreement.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's. We're that's, one and five in lock agreements, Tom.
2: Yeah, that's bad news for Mizzou, but it's good news for us. Uh, wait, <laughs> I don't know how that works. But no, I I agree with you. I think this is a matchup where we've talked about how much better Mizzou is at home, and the numbers I believe are at home, Missouri is five and zero, and it is outscoring its opponents by an average score of roughly forty to eighteen. On the road, it is zero and four, and it's being outscored roughly twenty-eight to thirteen. Now, what that tells me is clearly the offense is much worse. On the road than it is at home, but the defense itself is pretty good everywhere and on the road. It's giving up 28 points a game, but considering its offense is doing nothing. It's probably being put in some, you know, not exactly optimum positions. And I think at home in the morning against this Florida team, I like Mizzou here. Like you said, Kelly Bryant's coming back and another factor to consider is the weather for this game. It is currently, the, the current forecast says that temperatures at kickoff will be 31 degrees. Nice. Which team do you think is going to be more comfortable playing in below freezing temperatures? Missouri or Florida? This is this is like one of the things that Mizzou has as a home field advantage in the SEC for some of the teams that are in its division besides Kentucky, Tennessee, but when it comes to Georgia and Florida... They they don't play in these kind of temperatures, but Mizzou is as a more of a Midwestern state is used to this kind of stuff, and it's going to be a little windy. We might have a wonder here, so you know, keep your eye out on that as well. But it's definitely going to be cold. Florida is not going to be comfortable. I don't think I don't know how many players on that team are from areas where there are temperatures in the 30s, or how much time they've spent playing football with temperatures in the 30s, and it's a mental thing. Like when you're playing football in the cold, if you're not used to it you can't stop thinking about how cold you are and that affects your play. And that's, it's a very real tangible thing. So I like Mizzou. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Mizzou wins this game, leave it at that. I'm not taking them too, but I'm just saying if Mizzou wins this game on Saturday morning, do not be completely shocked.
0: So, uh, lock agreements between Barton and Tom are one in five. But when you hear it, That's right. Lock Unities are six and two, and they're gonna be seven and two after Missouri wins this game straight up, covering that seven and a half point spread. Florida's toast. Florida's done.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I feel so bad for the Gators. I just listening to this podcast.
2: um, They got to go freeze, and they've already lost. They don't even know it
0: yet. Yeah, I mean the. Might as well not even show up. No, just stay home. It, I mean, us, it, it really does feel like the kind of game where uh, about the middle of the third quarter, the visiting team is going to already start thinking about what they're going to be doing Saturday night. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, oh man, can't wait to get back to that like, 65, 70 degree weather, whatever it is in Gainesville. It's definitely not going to be 31 degrees. Yeah, give me uh, the Tigers. Uh, all right, Barton, back to you. Back
3: to me. Okay. So when I was putting Scout to bed last night, I, I, I looked at her and I said, "You know, Scout, um, I'm thinking about making another play on Nebraska." <laughs> uh, and, and and Scout said, "But but Dad, like, you're zero and three against the spread when you when you pick Nebraska." I said, but Scout, when two (laughs) people care about each other, it's important to work through your differences and hang with them and be strong and and not turn your back on them when they're struggling. And Scout said, but dad, plus 14 and a half, plus 14 and the hook is a sucker bet. And I said, you know what, Scout, you, you may have a point there. And Scout said, you know who I really liked a lot that you hung around with a lot a while ago? That I'd love to see back in our lives, Dad. I said, "Who?" She said, "There was a, a well, for overs in Starkville, Mississippi oh! that I thought was delicious, <laughs> <laughs> and that was and that was so much better on us. And it's you're two and zero in those games. And I said, Scout, that's why I love you. We're gonna do this. Over sixty one, Alabama, Mississippi State." <laughs>
1: So, is Scout
4: replacing
2: the dentist? <laughs> yeah. 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 You should have Scout the dentist. Oh, Scout, man. it's your lock of the week.
0: That's magical.
3: Uh, yeah, and to be clear, that is all made up. But no, that no, 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 is, no. That, no, is no. How I, that is how I and that is That is my dream for my relationship with Scout someday is to have that conversation
0: that no, that is a fever dream, a true fever <laughs> dream. <laughs> right. Right. Like yeah. the only words that were actually said was like, good night, honey. I love you. But what you were interpreting in your mind was <laughs> preparing for the locks. Right, oh right. man, that's awesome. Uh, so you, you are going mean, to scout yeah, talk to like, you out I in can, Nebraska. I, I can
3: break. Yeah. I'm going over. I'm laying off Nebraska. Uh, I, 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 think this is, I mean, I think Mississippi State can score a little bit. You know, they're coming off a bye. Tommy Stevens was looked looked a lot better the last time we saw him. Uh, I think Alabama is going to be able to score a ton, and they're going to want to score a ton. Uh, this could be fifty to fourteen. I don't know. This could be this could be forty-two to twenty, uh, uh, which which would barely cover. But um, either way, I uh, I'm going to go on the over here. Get 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 some of that delicious water.
0: <laughs> um Tom, do you have a play on this game?
3: No, I do not. So can I tell you so if we're if we're lingering on this game
0: right, I'm thinking this... about playing Alabama. I'll I'll go ahead and throw it on there. What's our number at right now? Nineteen?
2: Uh you can get Alabama at eighteen and a half. Wow. Actually, you can get it at seventeen and a half.
0: What the heck? Is that it's just because of Tua?
2: Yeah, but the consensus line is currently 17 and a half but you could get it as much as 19 some places 18 18 and a half it's everywhere
0: yeah give them, I'll take I'll take Alabama at 17 and a half
3: there so I I actually thought about playing Mississippi State here as prop but like I needed some data to back it up and I, I did look just just scrolling through how the the Phil Steeles, uh, f- the last, I don't know, four years of Phil Steele's, I could get back to 2011. So I don't know. There's probably an easier way to, to, to go about this, but I, that's the way I did it. I, I got back to 2011. And as far as I could tell, Bama in a, in a regular season game following a loss is 0-3-1 against the spread the next week. But that number just seems really low. You're going 17, so I'm not going to play it. But I did get a little temptation to go Mississippi State here.
0: I will uh, challenge back that some of those, like the two Ole Miss losses, who was our quarterback was Jacob Coker for one of them, what maybe Blake Sims for the other. Probably, yeah. I I would challenge that the 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 Alabama teams that lost midseason games to Ole Miss and then had the game that was following it. Uh, th- those Alabama teams just didn't have Tua in these wide receivers. Yeah, Here,
3: they didn't have they, they they had better defenses though.
0: True. Here's a fun trend: Saban
2: took over in 2007, correct? Uh,
0: yes. Yeah, so that right. 2007 so, season was kind of a uh, little bit tough, so most of the yeah. good good trends start in 08.
2: But since 2007, after a loss, Alabama is four and 12 against the spread. Wow.
3: Since oh so after so all right so I think that's where we're talking about after a like that includes postseason so if you lose the basically that includes the Auburn losses Mm -hmm. and then what Alabama does after those too and obviously it goes back about four more years and I got it
2: now what's amazing is that. That's 16 games since 2007. But if you go strictly from since 2008, it's only 10 games. It's three and seven after loss, which just shows uh, you how yeah. much better Alabama was starting in year two under Saban compared to year one.
0: Yeah, um, I'll I'll stick with it. I said it. It's it's on it's on I'm record. I'm not trying to talk you out of it. I just, no no no, just, no no. I'm just That's conveying what my
3: what some of my research t- delivered.
0: Well, Chip, if you'd like more
2: support, I mean, in conference games since 2008 alabama's 59 and 44 against the spread so
0: i mean i just uh, I'm, I'm gonna stick it s- stick with my gut here it's it's a very uh you know um it's it's very much 17
3: points no because like I, when i was looking at this i feel like it was at 20 or something and i can't fathom them not getting not, not being 20 points better than than I'll, mississippi state
2: also this is at mississippi state right yep yeah, as as the road team under Saban since two thousand and eight, Alabama's thirty and eighteen against the spread. So if you just blindly bet them every time they were on the road since Saban took over, you'd you'd have made a lot of money.
0: Yeah, I, there was something about the at the beginning of this week when Nick Saban has has clearly driven the message into this team, which has a lot of as we've talked about it has a lot of young players, and Lebron Ray is going to be out uh, now. So just continuing to get a little bit younger, I mean, talented. As heck, but uh, but he his messaging for his team right now. In addition to the classic, you know, the Sabans' greatest hits, don't waste a loss. But it was uh, we take great pride in being a program that has not lost more than one regular season game, and that kind of reset focus along with knowing in the math of uh, the college football playoff selection committee, what needs to be done here. I, I just think Alabama's going to score 50 points and Mississippi state. I mean, I could lose this with Mississippi state beat with it being like what 50, 51 to like 35 could end up being the way that I lose this in a real shootouty type game. If Alabama can't get any stops, but I'm, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to lean back on the fact that what Mississippi State was able to do two weeks ago before the bye where they were just – Tommy Stevens, like you mentioned, Barton was looking good and Kylan Hill ran for like 234 yards and three touchdowns. I just don't think – I don't know if they're going to be able to replicate all that against Alabama in this spot. So yeah. I'll roll with the tide. Uh, Tom. Uh, well, we've
2: gotten – let's see. What's that? Three SEC games in a row now? It's time to get out. It's time to move to the Big Ten,
0: mm.
2: where we see a disrespectful line in Iowa City. Minnesota, undefeated. Minnesota just beat Penn State last week. It's now heading on the road to face an Iowa team that lost to Wisconsin last week and is barely clinging on to a spot in the top 25. And it is Minnesota, who is the three-point underdog? Huh? Give me those points. Listen, Iowa, as an offense in the Big Ten, is averaging 18.8 points per game. So that 22-point explosion they had last week against Wisconsin was actually an above-average performance for Iowa. Running the ball in the Big Ten, Iowa is averaging 2.96 yards per carry. Oh gross. 2.96 yards per carry. Oh, well, surely they're making up for that in the passing game. No. No, no, no. Their passing efficiency in conference play ranks ninth in the Big Ten, and it's largely due to the fact that while it's thrown for seven touchdowns, it's also thrown five interceptions. That's not exactly what I would call a good touchdown-to-interception ratio. So I'm supposed to expect that Iowa offense is going to cover as a three-point favorite against a Minnesota team that's averaging nearly 40 points per game, just put up 31 on Penn State last week, a Penn State defense that shut down Iowa in Iowa City But Minnesota was able to move the ball down against at will, throwing deep over Penn State's vaunted secondary. And I just look at this, and Iowa, A.J. Epanisa is a player who I love and I feel like will be a top-ten pick in the NFL draft, but, man, he's just not having a very good year. In fact, Iowa's defensive front is not having a very good year as far as getting any kind of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. They have been more in that bend-but-don't-break kind of defense, which works for you against most Big Ten offenses. Doesn't really work against an offense that's quite as explosive as Minnesota's. Who looks to push the ball down the field and kind of soften your underbelly with the run game and then, bam, go over the top on you, as we saw them do last week against Penn State. I think Tanner is going to have another big game. I think Rashad Bateman's going to have another big game. And defensively, who on Iowa's offense do you feel comfortable is going to beat anybody on the Minnesota defense? Who do you even know the name of an Iowa receiver? Do either of you? Do you? Do you? Do you? you? Yeah, the Smith.
3: The Smith Marset guy is, is legit. God damn it, uh, Barton. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You were just you, you had it,
2: Tom. You just you just didn't I should not no, see that was my fault because I should know Barton knows at least three players on every single team in the yeah, country. So come on. That was, that was my mistake. <laughs> You're on such a roll. <laughs> Anyways. Minnesota is going to win this game if you want to take them on the money line go for it they were going to be my money line sprinkle but I got my eyes on bigger targets we'll get to that later Minnesota should win this game at the very least. It should cover just because as I was the point I'm trying to make is how can you trust an Iowa offense that can't move the ball or score to cover as a favorite in this game against a team that has been better than it in just about every facet of football so far this season. And I know Iowa has played a tougher schedule overall, but if you look at Iowa, its best win is Iowa State, which is a good team, but it's a five and four team at the end of the day. Iowa has also played three ranked teams. That's where all of its losses has come to. When Iowa takes a step up in weight class, it has fallen short each and every time. And this Minnesota team is a step up in weight class. And I don't think the Hawkeyes are going to be able to hang with them for 60 minutes. And... I know that we have seen plenty of situations where highly ranked teams come into Iowa City and they nearly lose, or you know they they at least don't cover. But the difference was Iowa is the underdog in all those situations. It hasn't been favored in any of those games. It's favored here. Minnesota is going to cover. Minnesota's probably going to win. Lock up the Gophers plus three.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm not on this. I'm not playing it. Uh, I in I think like our expert picks and stuff. I have put my pick in as one for Iowa and and I agree with everything you're saying on paper Iowa is is not as good a team as Minnesota mine is all sort of this psychological first of all you know Iowa being good at home uh, against top 10 teams is is certainly relevant uh Minnesota coming off a historic win as the underdog now has to take on the favorite role and I know they're not favored by the biggest Point spread, but they're you know they're a top ten team now, and they got to carry that bullseye with them. And so, uh, I think that there's some similar to Auburn and Georgia. Really, I, I think there is some, you know, kind of cuckoo stuff that could go on in this game. But I, I, I I'm not by any means confident enough to lock it.
0: All right, um, Barton, back to you.
3: All right, I'll stay in the Big Ten though. Uh, how about? We head on over to State College, uh-huh. where Penn State is hosting this pesky Indiana team mm-hmm. that is, you know, kind of the, the most quiet. What are they? Seven, seven and two? Seven and two team in the country. No one's really talking about them. No one really thinks much of them from a national perspective. Uh, but I think this team. Is is pretty good, and I think this team. When you look at how you have to be able to beat Penn State, you got to be able to throw it around, and that's that's what this team's done. Kalen DeBoer, their defensive coordinator, has been a huge addition to that program. Uh, it's it's fourteen, and a hook that strikes me as way too much for a, an Indiana team that's going to be incredibly focused and incredibly upset. Minded. I just think. I mean, they. I, it wouldn't shock me if they won, but at the very least, I think this is like a ten-point, seven-point game at the end of the
0: day. Tom, do you have anything?
2: It was on the card, but it was a late cut. But I. I, I
0: oh, that was loud. Yeah, I'm on Indiana. Uh nice. This is, and uh, and picking Indiana in this spot it doesn't even really make me that nervous. I think that I've been sort of circling. I've been waiting for Indiana to get off that off week. You know, seven and two, ranked for the first time since 1994. Am I a little bit nervous that you know we've got like the the Wake Forest syndrome? You know, right when you get up in the top 25, now you're gonna lose. A little bit nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Uh, if you're going to jump on board early with the with the idea that this, this Indiana team is much better than the brand is probably valued at, that the the football players that have are assembled there and have been performing at a, a pretty high level, that they are going to be a little bit undervalued by the odds makers and the public, then I think you've just got to take a swing here. So I'm I'm going to go with Indiana, and I I wonder if this Penn State team is built like I think that Penn State defensively is, uh, as you mentioned, Barton. You know, really really solid up front, but you as we saw last week, man, you can you can get that secondary, and so uh, I think that we should be able to get enough explosive plays through the passing game to be able to to cover this spread, and um, and yeah, wouldn't be surprised if we see a straight up upset. Some.
2: Uh, Let's see where do I want to go next
0: Well screw it
2: let's just stay in the Big Ten I am taking Michigan State Yes that's right The same Michigan State that just blew a 28-3 lead At home to Illinois last week I am taking Michigan State plus 13 and a half At Michigan Uh, This is just I mean It's a rivalry game it's a rivalry game in which Michigan State is getting nearly two touchdowns. This is Michigan State's Super Bowl. And ironically enough, I think that last week blowing that game will even increase their focus for this game because this is a team now that, you know, it's it's on the brink of having a very disappointing season. And this is like a chance for them to rally and make this a worthwhile winning season and very much at least to get to a bowl game. And I feel like, you know, is if they really needed more motivation against Michigan, there's plenty right there. And since Jim Harbaugh returned to Ann Arbor, they've played four times. They've split the series. The road team has won each meeting. But more so than that, those four games, the largest margin of victory for either side has been 14 points. The average margin in these four games has been 7.75 points. More importantly, Michigan State has covered in all four of them. In fact, Michigan State has covered ten of the last eleven meetings, including the last five in Ann Arbor. I'm gonna hate myself
0: for
2: it <laughs> pretty much the entire time. But Michigan State should cover. Michigan's going to win. I don't. I'm not fancying any fantasy where the, the Wolverines don't win this game because I think that they're, you know, just better than Michigan State. But I don't think that this is going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a low-scoring defensive affair like we've seen plenty of times between these two. And I think Michigan wins by 10, but not by 14. So I'm locking up Michigan State plus 13.5.
3: Well, uh, Tom, you should feel better about that pick considering I am going to fight your ass on this one. (laughs)
4: Fight. 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 You
3: are, of course, Fight. four and one against this, or uh, four and one in lock fights between the two of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but You're I, I just not only am I do I just I need you know, for my own competitive uh, temperament to to prove to myself if I can beat you. So I, I just think I don't know how I don't I get a bad vibe from this Michigan State team. I get a bad like I I don't think it's the same Michigan State team that we're used to seeing I think I don't know how they're going to score on this Michigan defense Michigan's coming off of a bye where their offense was starting to click before the bye week anyways I, I just it's a it's a big number and it's it feels a little bit like they're, they're begging me to take this and so I get it this is probably like this the the square side of this but I just I am not a, a Michigan State guy this year it just doesn't seem like they got it
0: Mm. Man, I don't. If uh, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to spin this one on the side. I love, uh, I, I understand all the numbers, and of course, you know, trusting the process. I get why Tom's at where he's at. And I also, if I'm going to go with the abstract, you know, motivation side, if this really is kind of the winding down portion of uh, the Mark D'Antonio era at Michigan State. I both I simultaneously believe that he's going to be so dialed in and intense during this week of preparation, while also acknowledging that if this thing breaks and shows that it's not the same old Michigan State, that that might be the final straw for him. So, we,
3: yeah, I mean the the end of the end of these things that isn't always pretty. Yeah, you know. So if this is in fact the the tail end of the Dantonio era. I don't necessarily think he's rolling out into the sunset with wins over Michigan.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like he goes really intense all week to try and get this win in Ann Arbor. You know, the little bro I mean he was he was the chip on the shoulder little brother spirit, the mantra of it. If Michigan big boys Michigan State might be uh might be a, a Rizap. Uh coming up on the other side, more of our week twelve locks next week.
1: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay,
0: so far, got five on the board. Uh, Barton's got four on the board. Tom's got four on the board. So let's go back to Barton. All
3: right. Um, I could put... So let's go to Oklahoma Baylor. I think I could play a side on this. Uh, it's It's... It's there potentially uh, on the on the margins here, but what I what I like is the total. I think it's sixty eight. I haven't checked it this morning, but is if sixty eight is the most recent number, I like going under sixty eight here. I think, I mean, Baylor's whole game plan will be to run the rock, will be to limit big plays. Obviously, I mean that's everyone's game plan against Oklahoma, but they've actually done a good job of it and an explosive conference and so i think baylor doesn't turn the ball over baylor it has a, a a run game that's that's potent it has a quarterback that takes care of the football it has a defense that can limit explosive plays and make you drive the field and i whatever this game turns into i think that's under 68 is is a safe spot to view it so give me the under
0: I'm uh, um, I'm passing on this game, but I can rock with it. This I mean, game's it's not... It's always
2: scary to take an under yeah. in an Oklahoma <laughs> yeah. game. Sure. But, but, but I think the logic is sound.
0: Yeah, it's not in Gaylord Memorial Stadium where Lincoln Riley is an absolute beast at hitting overs. So yeah. you've got that going for you, which is a little bit nice. Uh, all right, Tom,
2: to you. Uh, I'm going to take an under now too then. I am taking the under... Where is it at now? 56 and a half in Northwestern and UMass. Mm. Now, Northwestern is favored by 40 and a half points in this game.
0: I mean, come on. (laughs)
2: Northwestern team that has scored a hundred points in nine games. It averages 11 points per game. It is favored by 40 and a half. So what's your initial reaction when you see
0: that line? Take UMass. Exactly. But UMass is horrible. And the defense is especially bad.
2: Yeah, so I don't want to trust Northwestern to cover 40 and a half points. Even though I want it on the record, I think Northwestern will cover the 40 and a half points because there's part of me that thinks that they're going to want to take out their offensive struggles on a team that finally lets them do so. The key for me is as bad as Northwestern has been on offense, its defense has been fine. Its defense has been better than fine. It's given up points as of late, but it's because its offense is continuously putting it in horrible positions, and it can only do so much. And plus, you know, Ohio State tore it apart, but Ohio State tears everybody apart. UMass ain't going to be able to tear Northwestern's defense apart. So this underplay is more anything a play on UMass not being able to score. I think that this is the kind of game that if it's going to go over, Northwestern's probably going to have to get at least 50 of those points by itself. And I don't think that Northwestern is going to do that because while they're going to want to get their you know rocks off and finally get get some confidence and know what it feels like to reach the end zone, this isn't the most important game left on Northwestern's schedule. It's still got a couple conference games. It's got its you know season-ending game against Illinois, so it's going to call off the dogs and put in some reserves so everybody can feel happy in the second half of this game. I think this is like a forty-eight to three kind of Northwestern win, which will come in under the total. So Northwestern, UMass under fifty-six and a half. Lock it up.
3: I, you I admire anything? you for getting involved in this game. Oh, mm. by the way, it'll also be windy. UMass is so how bad must they be? They're very, gotta,
2: very, 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 very bad. I like, haven't
3: watched the UMass game yet. I just I kind of need to just out of the like morbid curiosity of it, but that, they must be just horrible.
2: I mean, you know my my rating system that weighs wins and losses more than anything. UMass is the second worst team in the country, despite the fact that there are three other winless teams. Like, there are three winless teams ranked above UMass in my ratings, which is not something that happens very often. That's just how bad they are.
0: Speaking of, let's go to Murfreesboro. Ooh. Because if there's one thing that I love to do at this time of year, it is to believe in those teams that have been abandoned by the believers. It is to look the rice owls in the eye and to say, I understand you haven't won a single game all year, but doggone it, you've covered three times against good teams. You've covered against Army. You've covered against Louisiana Tech. You've covered against Baylor. You pushed against Wake Forest. You can go and get us this cover 14 and a half. What is deep down inside of you rice beyond grain? (laughs) Put it all out there and let's go take down the blue Raiders or at least cover this 14 and a half point spread. One of my favorite things to do is to take the winless team against the spread late in the season. uh, Just because I think they're going to be loaded up against I I know that the initial lines that we get from circa on Sunday afternoons are, You know a little bit kind of uh, off from the consensus but you know we opened under 14 we have danced all the way out to 14 in a hook hoot hoot let's go rice plus 14 and a half
2: yeah the consensus open for this line was 11 and it has moved three and a half points so I I think you're getting quite a bit of value and as you know rice was definitely under consideration it was one of my late cuts so I appreciate that somebody out there is supporting my owls because I don't want to do it simply because I have felt like Rice is going to win a few times this year, and every time I start publicly proclaiming that, whether in the bottom 25 or anywhere else, Rice ends up losing. So I feel like I'm the jinx, so I don't (laughs) want to put that kind of pressure on him because I really want the Owls to get a win, and I think this is a good chance for them to do so.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm not typically playing in this pool with the group of five teams, but when I I saw that matchup, I actually was tempted by that as well. So, uh, yeah, let's go Owls.
0: Let's go Owls. Um, All right, Tom, back to you. Uh, Let's see. Where do I want to go next? I will go to the
2: Big 12. Another under. I am taking Texas at Iowa State. Under 66 and a half. Uh, This is, I mean... I know last week's game against Oklahoma got out of hand, but typically unders have been solid plays in Iowa State games this year. They're typically solid plays in Texas games this year because Texas likes to run the ball a lot. But more than anything, this is a wonder. If we look at the current forecast for Ames, on Saturday. Temperatures in the upper 30s, lower 40s at Jack Trice Stadium. But more importantly than that, the wind chill will be a big factor because there will be winds between 13 and 15 miles an hour, and they're crosswinds. They're not just north to south. They are blowing across the field, and those always have more of an impact on a game than anything. So, I thought this total was a little too high when it first came out anyway, and then I saw the weather forecast, and it was just, yeah, no, I can't I can't pass this up. Give me that under. Under 66 and a half.
3: I like
0: that. Makes sense. I'm proudly wearing my Wonders hoodie right now. Yay. (laughs) So excited for your selection. Um, Barton, back to you.
3: All right. Let's see. I'm going to go – I think I'm going to go light this weekend. Let's see what I have now. One, two, three, four. I got five. I think I'm just going to shut her down at seven. So I got two more. A little bit – a little nervous about both of these because whether it's – Stanford or USF. Uh, I have had some trouble finding the right biorhythm to 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 fade and take some bad teams. All right, so I'm fading two bad teams here. I hope I hope we're in the right biorhythm to where they they are bad this week. But I think Cincinnati laying two touchdowns against a USF team that can't stop the run is going to be able to run all over USF. It's on the road. So, a little bit little worrisome there, but I just think Cincinnati is too much to play for now, granted, it is the the, the big games are coming, but gotta have this one. Um, so I'm going Cincinnati minus 14, and then my last lock uh, is Kentucky. Kentucky should have covered last week. They were the better team. That was the right side. They didn't. They now have to win two of three games. One of them is an FCS opponent, so they'll win that one. But this is now getting to crunch time where you got to find a way to win. Vanderbilt, I think, I mean, they're bad. And and I think where they're bad is the line of scrimmage. I still think Kentucky's offensive line is pretty good. And I think Kentucky can still get after Vanderbilt's musical chairs of quarterbacks. And so I am going to roll with two – Roll Road favorites in Cincinnati and Kentucky. and those are probably the two I should leave off the card this week.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I like both of those uh, actually. And for your Cincinnati pick, um did you happen to catch the end of Temple USF last week? No. Charlie Strong had timeouts that he could oh, have no, called. I did. I did see that. He could have called timeouts to try and like the way the game plan was going, like he could have called timeouts, he could have tried to score quickly, but that Bulls team and that Bulls coaching staff left the timeouts in the pocket and they were taking their time, just bleeding the clock out. That does not uh that does not signal to me an overall competitive fire within that locker room. So I oh, like it.
3: Competence. I mean, that was the thing. Like they were just, I mean, it was if, this, if they didn't even know the game situation. Right. Um, yeah, that was odd.
0: Very. Hey, as, as somebody who was cashing a lock on Temple, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, all right. I will take us. Let me pull up the most recent line. I'm going to keep us in the American Athletic Conference where, wait, here we go. We're going to be going. To either, hold on, T D E C U Stadium, T E Ted TDcu It's one of those. One of those. I mean, really, I'm uh, I'm North Carolina, you know, credit uh, state employees, credit union, ride or die. Ah, ah, ah. We're members, we're not customers. Let's go. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, Memphis going to play Houston. We've got a a nice over-under of 69. And I'll tell you what, boys, I'm going to take this over because uh, while Memphis is a a pretty – Memphis is a very good football team. Yeah, Memphis is a very good football team. Memphis is not uh, elite defensively to the point where I think it is going to be able to keep uh, Houston from scoring, like, I don't know, 20, 24 points in this game. And, you know, if they're going to score 20, 24 points, I think that Memphis is going to be able to run this up. I think this game gets a little bit loose. And so uh, for some action, I will, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and buckle in. I know I need a lot of points, but those points can come in a hurry with all the playmakers on the field. So let's go over 69 Memphis Houston.
2: You know you have my support there. I mean, I feel like this is – if it's a Memphis game, I'd much rather be on the over than the under after what's happened to me a few times this year. So yeah,
3: um, yeah me- me- Memphis has really turned into a. I mean, they early in the year I think they felt good about their defense, but it's just they just settled into just good old shootout Memphis, you know. So I, I felt that sounds about right.
0: Um. All right, and I've got one left, Tom.
2: I have. Let me see here. One, two. Three, four <laughs> left.
3: Shut
1: Whoa. up! Shut up! Really?
3: <laughs> yes. What is that? Like eleven?
2: Ten. Uh, okay. Pretty standard for your boy. Pretty Let, standard.
0: Let's uh, <laughs> you do two. I'll do my my last one, and then you'll do your other two. All
2: right, cool. Uh, we'll start with I. Let's see. I'll go with another underscrewed West Virginia at Kansas State under 47 and a half this is another wonder ladies and gentlemen uh temperatures will be in the 60s in in manhattan which is huh i don't know i'm looking outside around my house right now and i don't know how the hell anybody in the midwest will have 60 degree temperatures but hey good for you either way the winds more crosswinds in bill snyder stadium They'll be 18 miles an hour as the game starts. Now, they will dissipate somewhat as the game goes along, but they're never going to stop blowing pretty hard. And when I look at these two teams, I always like unders with Kansas State as it is because of its style of play and the way that it limits possessions. And it's just, you know, it's it's never in a hurry to get with anywhere. And West Virginia's offense is just kind of bad. So the under felt natural as it was. You throw in the weather forecast, and it just becomes more even more beautiful, even more enticing. Uh, my next lock is a principal play. We head out to the pac twelve where Oregon is at home and finds itself as a twenty seven point favorite against Arizona. And I am not taking Oregon as a twenty seven <laughs> point
0: favorite. <laughs> Poor Mario Cristobal, man. What a punching bag. I mean, I I'm they're gonna win the game.
2: Don't get me wrong. It's right. just, I know they beat USC by thirty two points, but man That was
3: that was a little bit fluky. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Arizona ain't that bad, and plus, Arizona's coming off a bye, and just looking at the trends, I mean, at home, Oregon, under Mario Cristobal, is 4-8 against the spread, and it's 3-7 and seven against the spread when it's favored at home, so I think that this is a game that Oregon probably wins by three touchdowns, but Arizona's going to cover. This is like a, you know, a 45-24 type of game to me, so I'm taking Arizona plus 27, lock it up
3: i i like that i i almost played that one that was on the margin for me
0: that's a that was a sweaty that's a, that is going to be a sweaty experience but we will be enjoying it as we record uh our recap pod as that is the uh pack 12 after dark 10 30 p.m eastern time kickoff on espn so one way or another either a back door or a front door or somebody's coming through the door tom for your sake i hope it's a lock <laughs> All right, I'm going to keep it in the uh, in the Pac-12 because my next play is going to be on the UCLA Bruins. The Bruins find themselves going up against the top ten ranked potential college football playoff crashing Utah Utes. Now playing in Salt Lake City in front of the Mus is intimidating. It is uh, it is one of the like great home field environments, and this is going to be a, a spotlight, you know, Fox nationally televised game. But UCLA's I mean, in it just like last year, UCLA starts the season looking woefully inept, like one of the worst power five teams in the country. And now we're sitting here in mid-November and, and UCLA's kind of doing some things all right. And so, uh, when I think about, you know, Utah has, with Tyler Huntley at the helm, been able to run up uh, run up some some points on teams, you know, put up forty plus points in a couple straight games, and they get on these hot streaks, they get on these heaters, and I just don't think that UCLA is going to be uh, in this, you know, late season portion of the season. I don't I don't think that they're the kind of team that's just going to get walked over by Utah. So, um, you know this this. Might be the wrong spot. This might be the wrong opponent, but uh, I kind of like UCLA to cause some problems. So give me the Bruins plus 21 and a half.
3: I mean, this one was one of those. I mean, I agree on first glance. It, it seems like UCLA is the obvious play here. It's in, but the line is so big that it's one of these where it's like, this is just, this just smells f- funny. I can't, I can't mess with this. Cause there's something, there's something weird going on here. So I agree with where you, I, I think the same thing. But that's that is a suspicious number to me and I'm I'm staying away.
2: You know, it you know what it smells like to me, chip? What? Sprinkles.
0: Mm. <laughs> My you money did, line sprinkles. You did say that you've got your eyes on bigger targets. Yeah. I mean
2: Let's, let's look at the Pac-12 right now. Everybody is just assuming that we're going to have our Oregon-Utah Pac-12 championship and the winner of that game is probably going to be going to the playoff and they're both going to be one-loss teams when they get there. But how often in the world of
0: college football things go as planned I hate the college football playoff for the way it gets everybody talking like that all right okay okay so so-and-so wins out and so-and-so wins out and so-and-so wins out and so-and-so wins out and so-and-so wins out, and so-and-so wins out. what happens <laughs> that's all like, that has to happen yeah it's like <laughs> I don't know man to win every game.
2: <laughs> and I look at Utah and I don't I don't deny that it's one of the best teams in the country and it's a top 10 team but if you look closer it lost to USC the same USC team that Oregon beat by 32. And its wins have come against BYU, which is an average team, Northern Illinois, a below-average team, Idaho State, an FCS team, Wazoo, which is a you know 4-5 and five team this year, and it's 1-5 in, in Pac-12 play, so it's not the Wazoo we're used to seeing. It crushed an improved Oregon State team, but Oregon State is still 4-5 and five overall. It beat Arizona State, which is another average team. It beat Cal, which is a below-average team, and it beat Washington, which is an above-average team, but not that much far above average. Utah, to this point, has beat up on a lot of mediocre-ish teams. And this is a UCLA team, as you said, Chip, has been playing better in recent weeks. I'm not straight up saying that UCLA is going to win this game because it's a 21-and-a-half-point underdog for a reason. But at plus 1050, I mean... UCLA can win this game often enough. That offense has improved with each week. The defense, which was horrible, is still not great, but it has been improving with each week. You can see the signs that what Chip Kelly wants to do is starting to take hold, and Chip Kelly himself has adjusted to some things and changed up his approach, and it's starting to work out for the Bruins. So coming off my upset call with Illinois last week, I'm letting it ride a little bit this week. I'm taking UCLA plus 1050 as my money line sprinkle.
0: Yeah, Love we it. yeah we spent a lot of time uh, celebrating the Kansas State call, and I feel like we might have done a disservice to you, Tom, for having Illinois as your money line sprinkle last week. <laughs>
2: never a doubt, never a doubt in that game. Just knew it the whole time. Do Even when they were down 28 to three, I was like, eh, don't worry.
0: they fine. got this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All they
2: need to do is pull off the biggest up comeback in program history. They'll be fine.
0: So yeah, I'm uh I'm tapped out. Back to you, Tom, for the conclusion.
2: All right. I've got two left, and this is me, so they're both unders. I am taking Louisville at NC State under 56. Another wonder. If we look at the temperatures, Chip, you're going to have that wonder hoodie on all weekend because temperatures in Raleigh for Saturday evening for this game currently call for temperatures in the upper 30s with crosswinds of 15 miles per hour. (sighs) So you put that into the fact that NC State's offense doesn't exactly inspire much confidence me in me to begin with, based on what I've seen from it in recent weeks. And a Louisville team that is more of a running team than a passing team to this point, which will help bleed clock even further. All that combined with the wind, I think that 56 is a little too optimistic here. I think if you can get it at 56, awesome. I still like it at 55 and a half at some places, but if it starts getting down to 54, I would probably stay away. And then my final lock of the week Two lane at temple under 54 and a half just two offenses that i feel like were built for unders a temple defense at home which has been much stronger than it has been on the road and again do you know what's going on here boys
0: crosswinds Wonder. Yes. (laughs)
2: Temperatures in the upper thirties, lower forties with winds between thirteen and fifteen miles an hour. Crosswinds at Lincoln Financial Field. So it is a cornucopia of wonders out there this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. And you want to get in on them while you still can. So lock up Tulane at Temple under 54 and a half.
0: Man. Love it. Uh Barton, what's your money line sprinkle?
3: Uh what 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 am I getting on Indiana? Uh Let's see. You can
2: get plus 500.
3: Yeah, That's it. Uh, whatever. I'll roll with that. Let's go Indiana plus 500. Cool.
0: Let's go Missouri with uh, whatever you get Missouri at. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Let me see what
2: that is. That would be the biggest you can get is 225.
0: Okay, sure. Let's go. Sounds right. Yeah. Locked. Sprinkle it. Let's go. All right. To review, Tom's card, Minnesota plus three, Auburn plus three, Missouri plus seven and a half is our... Uh, then Michigan State plus 13 and a half lock fight with Barton uh, under 56 and a half in UMass Northwestern under 66 and a half Texas Iowa State under 47 and a half Kansas State West Virginia Arizona plus 27 under 56 Louisville and C State under 54 and a half Tulane Temple man on brand nothing but underdogs and unders yeah yeah. Uh.
2: Duh. Beautiful. <laughs> I mean, like I said at the beginning, it's not a slate I love, so you got to go with what you know.
0: Partons card, over 61 from the well, uh, Alabama, Mississippi State, under 68, Baylor, Oklahoma, the Missouri plus seven and a half, the Michigan minus 13 and a half, Indiana plus 14 and a half, that's a lock agreement with me, uh, Cincinnati minus 14 at USF, Kentucky minus 10 and a half at Vanderbilt. Uh, my carb UNC plus four on Thursday night. If you're just listening to it now, I hope you locked it up. Uh, and if it didn't lock, uh, sorry, Auburn plus three, uh, Missouri plus seven and a half Alabama minus 17 and a half Indiana plus 14 and a half rice plus 14 and a half. The over 69 in Memphis, Houston and UCLA plus 21 and a half. Anything from the dentist? Oh yeah, Dennis
3: did have a play. He wants to go Ole Miss plus twenty one. Yee.
0: Yeah. And just so that everyone knows the dentist is five and eight. So Yeah. Know. Yeah. It ain't it, 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 The spin sp- <laughs> under the bus. <laughs> <laughs>
3: the dentist is is coming but he's come back down to Earth from his eight and two year last year. So he's still probably, you know, respectfully above five hundred, but um He's on a yes. winning streak. That's right. That's right. The dentist, but yeah, I, the dentist didn't sound overly confident on this one, so take that for what it's worth. But I uh, you know, try to tell him, you don't have to play it every week. But you know, when you got to, when you got to pay the bills, you got to pay the bills.
0: <laughs> when well, especially when he likes the uh, attention that he gets at the golf course for being the dentist. <laughs> right. <laughs>
3: right. <laughs> he's. He's. he's He's a little getting a little bit content with his uh his fame, his exactly. newfound fame as the dentist. Exactly. Does he
2: have the dentist like monogrammed on his golf bag?
0: Oh, it's actually on his license plate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nothing but winners and teeth, baby. That's all I'm doing. <laughs>
3: I of two things.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons, you can follow him at Tom Fernell, you can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much.
1: Thank you. Sir. <sighs>